to the program, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is host of, my name is my name is Andrew Murata, host of the show. It is show number 35, and very excited today to have on Dr. Mark Frankel. Mark is going to be with us in the next segment. He is a podiatrist here in the tri-state area, and he's in studio. And it sounded, Gavin, like he liked the opening uh, segment to the show, the music there. Uh, we're in studio here. Gavin Burt is here. Gavin, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. All good. You're working through some sickness here. Uh, Gavin, we have a podiatrist on the show today. Uh, we've had medical doctors on in the past, but never a podiatrist. Are you a, a foot guy, Gavin? I've had some orthotic. That's the right term, orthotic, I believe. I've had some orthotic issues in the past, but lately I've just been dealing with um, some uh, uh, soreness around an ankle, so uh, which just kind of started suddenly, which may be related to my other health issues. So, um, uh, but that's about it. Otherwise, my feet have been feeling pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. We have Dr. Franklin studio. Maybe he can get a quick look here, uh, you know, in between segments. Thank you. Good. So we are going to get started with today's show. And uh, again, in reflecting and preparing for the show, it's kind of like I try to set up the opening segment that it's connected somehow to our guest. And I was thinking about Dr. Frankel and uh, how I got to know him. Uh, my daughter had uh, surgery uh, with Dr. Frankel, and I have strict orders not to go into the details of the surgery, but uh, she went and saw Dr. Frankel and had a great experience. And I could see he was very passionate about what he does there. He, he clearly enjoys uh, what he's doing and um, his, his bedside manner, his connection uh, with my daughter, who was certainly on edge about having uh, surgery and why she was there. Dr. Frankel calmed those down very quickly by his interactions, by his communication, and, and by his uh, ability to connect with my daughter, Claire, and I said, we have to have Dr. Frankel on. So if you do listen to the show uh, in our early days, uh, we were playing some country music here on some of our stations. And uh, I, I fell in love with country music years ago. And I recently heard this song. It's called To Do What I Do by Alan Jackson. And we're going to play just the opening uh, part here and... Uh, Listen to the words a little bit, and that's going to be what we're going to talk about in our opening segment. So, Gavin, why don't you cue us up here? This is called To Do What I Do by Alan Jackson. I've been a waiter, a roofer, a clerk. I've shoveled manure to my pride hurt. When you're starting out, it's all part of the work to do what I do. I've been evicted for not making rent Made my daddy wonder where my good sense went 
the price of a dream My years have been spent To do what I do So I stand here tonight With a six-string guitar To be something I've always been in my heart Just for the chance To play you my songs The thrill when I hear you sing And that was uh, Alan Jackson with the song entitled To Do What I Do. And if you listen to it, you know, he describes in the, in the story, really, he's telling a story. That's what country music does. That's what a lot of music does. Um, talked about what he had done to get to that point in his life and how proud he was to be up on stage singing that song. And when I saw Dr. Frankel in his element uh, working with a very stressed out young lady who was upset about being there, the poise, how he handled it, I said, wow, he, he really has something special. And when I heard the song, it kind of clicked. And, and that's what I decided uh, we were going to talk about today. I'm very fortunate and blessed in my own life to be a high school principal. And I didn't come out of college and apply for a job and, and become a principal. Um, Alan Jackson uses the, the words in the song that he shoveled manure. He's been a waiter, a roofer, a clerk. You know, some of the most important lessons I learned in my life in terms of dealing with people and talking with people was being a paper boy, um, pumping gas uh, early in, in my career, working in my dad's pharmacy. And then uh, when I was in college, I really wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. I was a biology major, and uh, my parents advised me if I wasn't sure to, you know, at least go into a science because there was a lot of opportunity there. And it was the summer after my freshman year that I was working with kids at a basketball camp, teaching them, coaching them, presenting in front of them, demonstrating in front of them that I really... It hit me there that I wanted to become a teacher, that I loved the teaching aspect of it and the interaction uh, with the kids. But I had worked very hard to get up to that point. And again, like Alan Jackson says in the song, all the different, all the different jobs you do and all the work you do up to get to that point. So when I present to my staff uh, at a meeting or I'm talking with kids in the hallway, I'm in the cafeteria, all the things that I get to do uh, during the day. I've put a lot of time in to get there, and um, it's not easy. You know, there's, I remember you know, when I was coming up, you know, someone told me, you know, the big shots weren't always big shots, that you have to start somewhere. So that made me think about uh, today's concept. We have the Super Bowl coming on this weekend. Uh, this is uh, uh, airing live here at the beginning of February, so I'm not sure when you'll be listening. Maybe you're listening live. Uh, like my friend, Mr. Shepard. I bumped into Mr. Shepard this week. We wanted to give him a shout-out. His lovely children, uh, Rajani and Rebel, came to the school, and uh, I wanted to give him a shout-out. But whatever you're listening, you know, the Super Bowl is on this weekend. That is a major event. And all of the people that are involved in that, think about all the TV people, all of the athletes, all of the event managers. That's their Super Bowl, too, not just the players. 
Uh, you know I officiate college basketball, but those referees that get to that Super Bowl, again, going back to the opening concept to do what I do, they have worked their tails off to be in that moment, to get there, and uh, for the, the privilege and the honor to, to work the Super Bowl. Those players, think about all they've gone through to get there, the work they've put in over the years, the support from their parents and their families, all the practices, the games, all of the things they've done to get to that moment is, is incredible. And the last example I have in, in terms of uh, to do what I do, again, talk, talking about country music, my wife and I went to the Country Music Festival in Nashville, Tennessee a couple of years ago. And if you like country music, that is something in the beginning of June, uh, very exciting. And for a number of the singers there, it was the first time they had ever played in a football stadium. And you could see the nervousness combined with the energy, combined with the excitement, and them telling the audience that. It was like, wow, you know, here this this young uh, singer is moving up in the world and is advancing. And, and they were so uh, excited to be in that moment. And when I was there a couple of years ago, guess who else was there? Alan Jackson. So to see the veteran Alan Jackson at the end of his career uh, with some of these uh, newer stars there, yeah, really brought it all together for us. So whatever it is that you do do in your life, uh, whatever your career is or was, um, you know, you put a lot of time and work in. And that song, if you like that song, certainly jot it down. You can find it, I'm sure, wherever. Maybe Gavin will find some time to play it on the airways here. Uh, but To Do What I Do by Alan Jackson really made me think about uh, getting to meet Dr. Frankel and the work he's done leading up to that moment when uh, he treated my daughter. And uh, I was very impressed with that. And uh, there we go. That's today's opening concept. And we're going to get a chance to meet Dr. Frankel here coming up in the next st segment. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back here on Education, Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Welcome back, everyone, to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. It is show number 35, and today's guest is Dr. Mark Frankel. going to read a little introduction about Dr. Frankel. Dr. Mark Frankel provides the full range of foot and ankle services from the routine foot care to the complex foot and ankle surgery. He founded the Frankel Foot and Ankle Center to provide patients in the Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey tri-state area with expert care utilizing the latest advances in treatment and diagnostics. He is board certified by the American Board of Foot and Ankle Surgery and is a fellow with the American College of Foot and Ankle Surgeons. Dr. Frankel, that is some introduction to the program. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We appreciate uh, you coming on sure. here, Doc, and uh, uh, making the time. I know you're busy. That's uh, absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here. 
You're in the scrubs. I am in the scrubs, <laughs> right straight from the office. That's right. That's right. Doc, you know, we've had a variety of guests on um, in leadership positions. You know, I, I got to start with, tell me, you know, you heard the opening segment about to do what I do, right? About yep. getting to the point of where you are running your own practice here in the, in the tri-states. Tell me about how did you get to do what you do, as Alan Jackson said? So it's an interesting song because I took a similar pathway and can relate to a lot of what Alan Jackson says in his song because I, from 14, I washed dishes and I worked in supermarkets and I worked for tree services and did all of these jobs during the summer um, to uh, learn learn how to work, make, make uh, some extra money as well, and work my way uh, up through school as well. So, um, you know, my, my, my pathway is somewhat interesting is that after high school, I uh, spent some time, I went to community college for the first year. Where, where'd you grow up, Doc? So I grew up on Long Island. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And your community college out there in Nassau? Oh, it was Suffolk Community College. Okay. Nice and close to home. That's right. Which where I wanted to be when I was. That's right. Okay. And then you found yourself going to Stony Brook. I did. Yes, I transferred over to Stony Brook. Yep. Okay. And go ahead. Yeah, and you know, at Stony Brook. So I was actually a psychology major uh, at Stony Brook, and um, we had a couple of choices between the bachelor's of arts in psychology or the bachelor's of science. So I chose the science. I thought it would be more a little more challenging and interesting, and uh, a little more problem solving involved with the science. So I really found that very interesting. Doc, you. Why feet, though? How did you get to the, to the feet, then? So, well, after Stony Brook, I thought I wanted to be a dentist. So I actually went to dental school for a year at Penn Dental. And I spent a year there and um, made some great friends there. But I found it wasn't for, for me, uh, the dentistry. Uh, so uh, I was in Philadelphia, great city of Philadelphia. And uh, there was a podiatry school uh, down the road. And when I was looking to transfer into another health field, I was looking for a specialty that would interest me, and having uh, done plenty of cadaver surgery at Penn Dental, I was operating on the feet, and I found the anatomy to be very interesting, and ended up transferring to Temple, which is you know the Temple School of uh, Podiatric Medicine. No pun intended. No pun Not intended. Like it's the Temple of a, it's actually the right, name of the right, exactly. Yeah. Northeast, yes, Northeast Philadelphia. Doc, you know, people. Some people get grossed out by the mouth. You know, putting their hands in there, this and that. Some people get grossed out by the feet. You know, was it something that drew you to the feet? Though, what was it about the foot and the ankle that got your attention? You know, just the complex anatomy of the foot and the ankle. I just found it very, very interesting. Uh, the, yeah, the. the, the 33 joint, 33 uh, joints in the foot, um, the complex nature of the foot, the foot, ankle, and as it relates to the lower leg, I just found it to be very fascinating. And Doc, again, I touched on in the opening segment, we're not here necessarily to talk about feet, although we are going to talk about some specific things with that. Sure. But really, when I met you, uh, my daughter was going through a rough time with some stuff with her feet, yeah. and again... I got specific instructions. I can't go into detail. Nor, nor can I. Yeah. <laughs> Patient uh, confidentiality, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but really, your calming nature in the room, your assessment of this situation saying, this 11-year-old girl is in a rough spot, uh, 
you were so kind and so gentle. Uh, you kind of took your doc- doctor hat off and and really connected with her and, again, helped her through this situation to where now she's in a good place. Can you tell me about, is that something that you really work on when you, you know, or is that something that comes natural to you? You know, that's why I, I said we got to have you on the show, just the way you connected with, with her. I was impressed by that. Sure, I mean, I think some is probably natural ability, but there's no question that over the years you learn how to handle people and their fears and their, uh, you know, when folks are coming into a doctor's office, they're worried about, does my insurance cover the service? Uh, is it Who's the doctor? Is the doctor going to be able to help me? Is he going to be nice? Is he going to be kind? Is he going to have a good bedside manner? What's it going to be like once I get out of the waiting room into the treatment room? So... Uh, so really from the get-go, we really try to make patients as comfortable as possible. And over the years, you get to hone those skills because you see how folks react to uh, certain things that occur in the office. And you're able to just, you're able to just you know, ma- manage those fears because you know what they are after years and years of seeing patients. It's very similar uh, anxieties. Uh, folks are coming in in pain. They're anxious. So you have all of these healthcare uh Anxieties, right? Right, as soon as they walk in the office. So you learn. You have to learn to be successful. You have to learn how to not so much treat people, but treat feet, but treat people. Doc, the other thing I was very impressed with uh, was actually the physical surgery. I mean, hers came out great. And is that something like? Do you like the surgery aspect of it? Is like you know when you're getting in with the scalpel and all of that. Is it? Is that something that you like, or is it all together? Uh, absolutely. It's a privilege to do surgery on someone. It's, uh, you know, I never I never take that privilege for granted. Uh, somebody's allowing you to, uh, you know, use a scalpel and, and, and perform a invasive, uh, very personal service uh, on them. And uh, so, you know, I enjoy it, but I take it, you know, extremely seriously. I never, I never look at a surgery as oh, it's just another surgery. Every surgery is has to be uh, full focus and as if it's your first surgery. Well, it was for us, and uh, yep. again, you know, went very well, Doc. Um, in in terms of you mentioned about the complexities of the foot, and I've been sure. blessed. I I wear orthotics, and I I don't have foot pain. But really, to pinpoint what's causing the pain, you really have to go through some investigative techniques to, to do that. Can you describe if someone comes in and says, I have pain in my arch, how do you find out what the heck is causing it? Yeah, absolutely. It's really an investigative process, uh, sometimes a process of elimination. And it's really knowing, say, what we call a differential diagnosis. It's just having, you know, if somebody comes in with arch pain, what are the 10 possible reasons they can have arch pain? And you really start working, um, you're working the exam up and you start eliminating some off the list until you're actually left with the problem that the patient actually has, which is their di- which is their diagnosis. So, but a lot of the, you know, in medicine, if you if doctors let a patients speak, uh, they will the patients will clue them in to the answer and which which one of those ten is the proper diagnosis, uh, because most of it's hidden in the history. If, if you let people speak and you ask a lot of question, questions, both uh, open ended questions and let people speak, they will be able to um, help you be a better doctor because they'll help you find out what what the problem is. 
Doc, uh, I had my good friend on, Dr. Francis Sellis, who is a cardiologist out in Oregon, and we spoke about the book Blink, by, written by Malcolm Gladwell, which really goes into a lot of different things, but one of the topics is why some doctors get sued and why others do not. And we spoke a little bit about it in the pre-show meeting, but that's really the concept of the book is the doctors that get sued less are the ones that develop a better relationship with their patients. And really, they actually taped the number of um, doctor-patient interactions. And again, not so much the content, but the tone of the conversation and who was doing the most speaking. And they found that the doctors that get sued uh, less or the least amount were the ones that did more listening, just from what you talked about. Right, right. Listening is, is important. We, we probably don't do enough of it. And the the listening is is a key to being a better healthcare provider. And in terms of getting sued, sure, you know, if patients aren't being listened to, they get angry. Uh, if there was ever any kind of malpractice issues, it's the uh, physician that pushes the patient off, doesn't return their calls, doesn't pay attention to the the complication that gets patients upset. And those are the patients primarily that sue. They sue mainly because they're angry, not so much that an error was made. Doc, in, in you know, let's say you find out what the what the what's causing it. How do you guide the patient through treatment versus a surgical procedure? You know, some people are just don't want to go under the knife. How do you balance that out with patients? Again, you talked about anxieties and fears um, to advise them on which it would be the best route. You know, I usually take the patients through the whole spectrum of treatment, non-operatively. Typically, some you know, there's some there's some conditions where people come in with, say, a fracture, which has to be treated operatively. There's just some that there is no conservative, you know, there's no good conservative treatment for. But a lot of conditions can be treated non-operatively, and you know, I take patients out several months sometimes. So, for example, you know, plantar fasciitis is a common cause of heel pain, and lots of folks, lots of your listeners probably have had that, and that can take three, four, five months to to get healed. So, those are pa patients that will continue treating, and sometimes I'll just wait till they say, "Hey, doc, I'm not really getting any better. We've done five treatments. Maybe we should start talking about surgery." So I let the I let the patients kind of guide it as well. It's kind of, it's a mutual decision, but I let them kind of guide. You know, they know when they're most patients know when they're ready to have surgery done. So I don't push it. We discuss it. I let them know it might be an option down the line, but I don't make it the primary focus. Otherwise, a lot of times folks will leave and think as soon as they hear the word surgery, they think, oh, the doctor wants to do surgery, and that's not always the case. So I always make it a point to say the take-home message here is not you need surgery. It's just if you happen to fail four or five treatments in a row, that could potentially be something down the line. We're going to get back to that something down the line. We do have to take a commercial break. We will be right back with Dr. Mark Frankel, podiatrist from Milford, Pennsylvania, here on Education, Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Welcome back to the program, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. 
My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and I'd like to welcome Dr. Mark Frankel back to the program. Doc, I see you're wearing ASICs today, and uh, they certainly have some pizzazz to them. <laughs> I'm a New Balance guy, Doc. Um, yep. How much of foot and ankle pain goes into the shoe? You know, is it is it is it you know the people that buy these couple hundred dollar shoes? Like, is it all a racket? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a $70 pair here. I, I usually, uh, I'll get a $70 pair of sneakers and I'll just change them out, say, every three months because I wear them all the time. So, yeah, it's just certain, you know, some of the less expensive sneakers are, are not as good quality, but I don't I don't think you necessarily have to spend 150 to $200 to get a good quality sneaker. Uh, I prefer the running sneakers. I just, they're more, they're, they're designed to cushion someone that's running. So someone that's putting multiple times their body weight with each stride when they're running. Uh, so these the running sneakers have uh, excellent support. So yeah, I wear Asics on New Balance. Uh, Nike have also have uh, great sneakers on the market, and they're always changing. Always a hard topic to keep up with. But uh, yes, you know, and you have you have the the cross training sneakers and so forth, the walking sneakers. But I'm, I'm a big fan of the running sneakers. And is that part of your discussion when you when you have athletes in there that are you know looking to perform? where they're asking you recommendations like that about shoes and, and do you get into conversations about gait and stepping and all of that stuff? Sure. And one of, one of the biggest problems I find is a lot of folks walk around the house barefoot or in, or, or in unsupportive slippers. And athletes say, for example, uh, children, they'll go play soccer and then they're home walking barefoot or in flip-flops for the next day or two. And then they come in with foot pain. And a lot of, you know, some of the foot pain may be related to the soccer, but a lot of it's to that recovery period, the period after They've played the soccer instead of having a supportive shoe around the house, such as a sneaker. They're walking barefoot or in flip flops, which is of course very popular, and that that doesn't allow any time for recovery, so that can contribute to foot pain. And in the summertime, do you get more of that with people? Some people wear flip flops all the time. Sure, adults as well. Yeah, adults will wear flip flops for three months and then come limping in the office. And 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 so and many times there's no health issues related. It's just the flip flop, and they're surprised that it's a flip flop problem. But it's a flip flop problem. And do you do they like look at you like you're crazy? Like what? Like I'm not I'm not getting away from my summer well, flip flops. Well, like, sure, sure, they'll say, well, I've only been wearing them for four months. They said, well, that's four months too long. <laughs> All right, Doc. Let's. Uh, I want to <laughs> shift in uh, another gear. Uh, you're obviously the leader. Um, at the Frankel Foot and Ankle Center. Obviously, your name is on there. Tell me about, in terms of your leadership, setting up your own business for how you wanted it to be. Like, when I came in there, again, not only your, your interaction with my daughter, your um, the surgery, but the whole, the whole thing. It's clean. You were on time. The clerical, everything, you know. Putting that team together, is that something that you met with all the people you hired and said, hey, this is the type of uh, business I want to run and, and certain things like that. Was that, that those things you talked about when you started out? Sure. We are always trying to find people that are going to be customer-focused, patient-focused, client-focused. Uh, 
because the, the that's that's the key to being successful as well is you have to really work as a team. The medical assistant plays a role, the doctor plays a role, the receptionist plays the role, the billing person pay, plays a huge role because they have to answer all the quite complicated questions about insurance and payments and deductibles and so forth. So that's a you know you know a difficult job, but at times also so that so that that demands a really special person to be able to handle handle the billing part. Uh, but everybody plays a role, and sure, you know, we try to hire. Uh, not always easy, but we try to hire people that are focused on the on the bit on the business of helping people and healing people, and not just there for a paycheck, of course. So, and is that do you is there meetings, doc? Like, when do you have a time where you can get your whole crew together to talk about? Hey, you know, patients are waiting too long in the room and or uh, whatever can go wrong there. Like I meet with my faculty all the time about things that we want to see done and initiatives. And is that part of your, your practice? No pun intended. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so there's always can be when when you get busy, there can always be a tendency to only uh, have meetings when something bad happens or reacting, as opposed to being proactive. So we do uh, have meetings. We usually have it under, over lunch, over some pizza, and we I ask the staff to bring um, uh, a list of things that they think will make the practice better better for patients. And if they also, if they have any grievances, we ask them to bring those along as well so that I could listen to them and I personally listen to them and address them. And that's an important part of, of the practice as well. The, the back the, the, the uh, back office stuff or the management part of the practice is super important. Uh, if the back office is not running well, then the front office and the patient care won't run well either. So that's super important. I agree. I've had some doctors, uh, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. My mother just had surgery last week. Five hours she waited in the waiting room. Mm, that's, and like, that's a long time. I kept telling her, uh, you know, the room's going to be prepped. The room's going to be prepped. You know, that, that's something that, that drives me crazy. Um, but yours, you know, clearly you're, you're, you know, you're running an efficient business, which is important. Doc, tell me about that. What made you decide that you wanted to have your own practice versus becoming part of a group or, or you know a medical group yeah sure now you're seeing that 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 trend towards lar- larger groups uh, you know I I feel like I'm from from the time when uh, people doctors got out of residency uh, and wanted to open up their own office and they wanted to run their own business and they wanted to direct the patient care and so forth. So for me, I wanted, I I love the business side. I love the medical side. And so opening up, I opened up two offices at the same time, the Sparta and Milford location initially in 2003 after, you know, coming out of residency, working for uh, another fellow, another doctor for a couple of years and learning what I liked and what I didn't like the way things were run there and then go, venturing out on my own and trying to do it better. So you have had that practice there since 2003? That's correct. Wow. Have you always had that nice brick sign? Yeah, uh, nice brickwork in the front. Oh, yeah, in the Milford office, yeah. sure. Well, 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 we renovated that building. We moved over there in 2010 okay. and did a renovation. It was initially the building was a old jeans, wear, a jeans warehouse selling jeans, and then it was fireworks. And then, of course, maybe a smoke shop. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. It was there, it was 30 years. So then we renovated the building, moved over there, and we did that stone pillar, which, you know. The architects, of course, should get credit for that. They did a great job designing that. That was custom made. It's very eye-catching. It is. But it goes into the the thing, you know, we call it the broken window theory at school. You know, if something looks cruddy or, you know, 
it's probably you know it probably is like right and i remember picking out my uh, my wedding hall you know my father was always, you know check the bathrooms because if the bathroom is scavats, as he would say, right, it, 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 the place is probably you know. I mean, your place looks clean; it runs clean. The, the you know the whole feel of it. It's yeah, it's dressed for success. Yeah, Doc. Uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you or or like you know consultations, if they wanted to learn more about uh, your your medical practice and. How, how can they do that? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Oh, well, they could go to our website, franklefoot.com, or call either of our, uh, either of our offices, our Milford office. Uh, phone number is 570-409-0123, and our Middletown location is 845-343-6050. And, and any of the offices you call, there's, somebody will uh, answer the phone during working hours, and we have an emergency line as well. Okay. Doc... Here's, I, I got some things. I do this when I interview too, and I ask people to put things of importance in the job. So here's the question Where are we? Patient care, your, your, your reputation as a medical professional, uh, the customer service, as you talked about, facilities, and your knowledge, your medical knowledge. If I ask you to put those in order, one through five, could you, could you do that for me? That's, you know. I, I don't want to get you jammed up in terms of... <laughs> Let's see this that, here. You know, again, yep. what are we looking at? Content knowledge, your medical knowledge, yep. your facilities, your customer service, your patient care, and what was the fifth? Uh, knowledge. 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 Okay. Okay. Ooh. Uh, in order of importance... That might be a commercial break and we come back because you know, it might be some think time on that. That's some think time yeah, on that. Yeah, that's an interview question. And actually, when I do do it at work, I give them index cards and they move them around. And then they say, well, it depends on this and can I move them around? Well, yeah. <laughs> right, right. That, yeah. That, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's come back to that. I'll yeah, give yeah. you a, 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 we'll give you a commercial break and we'll come back to that question. Um, let's go to the rapid fire uh, portion of the show. Sure. Okay. These are quick answers. Okay. This sometimes this is make make or break our guests here, Doc. Ah. Uh, okay. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Last book you read? Investing in commercial real estate. Oh, that sounds just so exciting. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> Last movie you saw? Uh, binge watching Mad Men. Okay. Good. Not really a movie, but. Yeah. That's so you're t- taking your time. It's yeah, good. We, we, yeah, we like that. My wife and I, we watch. How it. many episodes can you go through? Oh, we we we'll do we'll do we can do three or four on a Saturday, easy oh, wow. Saturday night, right to midnight. Isn't that amazing? The, the concept of binge watching. <laughs> we just sit on the couch and we don't move. That's nice. Food, drink, That's we're good. Nice. We're good. Uh, grossest thing you've experienced as a podiatrist? Mm, uh, three inch long toenails. Oh. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> that I have to treat. Do they want you to cut them? Yeah, yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> and it takes some time. Best thing about being a podiatrist? Best thing about being a podiatrist? Um, uh, just uh, helping people, helping the community. When you see them walking better. Yep, yeah, absolutely. The most important qualities of a leader? Vision. Perseverance, motivation. I like it. Doc, I, I talk about the concept of 
the old blue chair. It's a Kenny Chesney song about the place he goes to relax. Where do you go besides when you binge watch, uh, what did you say, Angry Men? No. Uh, a mad, mad man. Where, where do you go to relax? In my home, you mean, or do you? Anywhere, anywhere. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I usually I, I exercise. I work out. I go to the gym. I'm actually uh, taking private boxing lessons in Middletown, and I've completed about 16 private lessons. You're punching people? I Or getting punched. It depends. <laughs> but, you know, my defense is good. I'm not getting punched. If it's not very good, I'm getting punched. Wow. Um, but I'm not really sparring yet. I'm not there yet. Right now, we're just doing, you know, drills and you know, slipping punches and ducking. And it's a fantastic workout. Great uh, hand-eye coordination. Uh, it's been been fun. And it's kind of a little off the beaten path. I've always been a uh, boxing fan. So this was an opportunity to, uh, maybe it's my midlife crisis. That's a possibility. Um, <laughs> what does Team Frankel think of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But my wife doesn't, yeah, she doesn't want me going to work with two black eyes, but I you know, I promised her, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wear, uh, I'll wear her headgear. You won't get hit. I won't get, and, and, and I'll try not to get hit, which is, which is the whole idea. That's interesting. Hit, but don't get hit. If you want a free plane ticket anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? I would go to, I would go on an African safari. That's something I really would love to do. Love, an, love animals, have two guinea pigs at home, a fish, a dog, my my daughter wants another dog, mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, we 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 yeah. So I would love to do that. That'd be a fantastic trip. Qualities you look for when you hire office staff: uh, uh, upbeat personality, uh, fo focused, uh, someone that can smile through the phone when they pick up the phone. That the person calling knows they're smiling. That's a really important quality. And that's and, and and you have to go through a lot of interviews when you're hiring somebody to find somebody that can do that all the time. Gavin, if we were to start an answer Hall of Fame, I think I want to put that one in there. Can we can we put mark that down? Sure. <laughs> okay. We will be right back, everyone, with Dr. Mark Frankel here on Education, Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Welcome back to the program, everyone. It's show number 35, Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving, with today's guest, Dr. Mark Frankel. A quick review of the opening segment. We talked about a country music song, my favorite, uh, the song entitled To Do What I Do by Alan Jackson. And it's about getting to where you are in your career Certainly, if you've reached a, a high point, becoming a medical doctor like Dr. Frankel or um, whatever it is that you're, you're doing in your life, you know, here's a, a couple lines from the song here. Unfortunately, I can't sing, so I won't sing them, but he sings here. So I hope the critics and the skeptics alike all bought a ticket to the show tonight and they'll see firsthand that I have survived and what doesn't kill you will make you more alive. Um, he reflects into all that he's done to get there. And, hey, keep working at it. 
It's not the amount of times that you fail. It's the amount of times that you succeed that counts. So keep working at it. Uh, This is going to be a write-in portion of the show. You certainly can contact the show, Andrew at NeverSinkMediaGroup.com or on Twitter at AndrewMarada21 or on my website, AndrewMarada.com. Super excited. Also, we're going to do a live show on St. Patrick's Day. March 17th, we'll be at the Foundry 42 in Port Jervis, 9 to 11, asking all of our uh, favorite listeners to stop by, and I'll sign some books. We'll get a chance to meet some of you who I have not met, including Christine San Martino. I know she's one of our biggest fans. and uh, So come on by St. Patrick's Day. That's March 17th, 9 to 11, Foundry 42, for Education, Leadership, and Beyond live. Unfortunately, my man Gavin Burke will not be there with us. So, Gavin, we'll have to sign those autographs another time. Okay. I know you're getting your own following here on the program. (laughs) Doc, I'd like to bring you back into the uh, program. And before we get to the write-in portion, Doc, uh, you know, we spoke about your team at work. And uh, I know there is Team Frankel at home. Why don't you tell us... uh, who, a little bit about Team Frankel. Sure. Uh, well, I've been married about 15 years. I met my wife in Philadelphia. She was at, I was at the dental school at that time. And uh, my wife was at the law school at UPenn. So we lived in the same building. And uh, now 15 years later, we have two daughters, uh, 12 and 16. And they are your typical teenagers, torturing their dad at every <laughs> chance they get. <laughs> and of course, I'm loving every minute of it. 12 and 16, and uh, certainly those are precious uh, ages. Uh, are they Eagles fans here, Doc? We're on the eve of the Super Bowl here. Uh, yeah, uh, they're, uh, they're they're Giants fans because their dad's a Giants fan. But they'll, you know, they'll they'll be watching the game for sure. Okay, not quite sure who they'll be rooting for. Is your wife from Philadelphia, or you both just wound up in school down there? We both just uh, wound up in school down there. She's actually from Plainview, Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. Yeah, you know, Long Island. Well, I wish Team Frankel the best, and uh, I know you. your daughters are tuning in. And uh, Dad being on the radio program, I hope moved you up a couple nights. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out tonight. Well, girls, he did a great job uh, on the show here, and um, seeing your dad work in the office uh, again. My daughters certainly love him, and uh, again, your connection with your patients, I think Doc showed great leadership, and and certainly you know, thank you, uh, an important business sense. So, Doc, uh, a couple of um, a write-in portions of the show. And again, our fans can write in Andrew at com, and on Twitter at AndrewMarada21. So, Doc, not only are we on the eve of the Super Bowl, we are on the eve of one of the most important holidays for dads and husbands, Valentine's Day. Mm, February 14th. This is a serious question, Doc. Uh-huh. Uh, I got a lot of male listeners here. Here we go. I need some advice. We're not talking about flowers here or chocolate, you know. I'm but ready. Is there some truth to the foot massage? You know, when you are rubbing that foot, what is happening romantically to the lady here? Is, that, is, is there any truth to that? That's a, that's a dangerous question. It's a dangerous question. This is a, a, a PG, maybe PG-13. Right. It's not G, but it's not R-rated. <laughs> so we're in the middle here. So maybe I'll just say that the lady loves a foot massage. <laughs> 
that sounds like a song. Yeah. But scientifically, really, scientifically, I mean, I, you know, it's, they're releasing those the endorphins there for the nerve ending. You know, right? foot like, massage is certainly re- it's certainly relaxing. Yeah, uh, uh, everybody loves a foot massage. And what about the the, the pressure points? Like, are there, is there the secret spots there, Doc? Yeah, like, the, is it, yeah, like is the reflexology. Yeah. The, yeah, there are. Yeah, sure, there are. Okay. That's why every, every every guy should give his significant other a foot massage this February 14th. You heard it here on the program, Dr. Frankel recommending the foot massage. See, I'm a foot guy, Doc. I really am, uh, not to gross people out, but uh, I've spoken about my dad a lot on the show. He was diabetic, yep. so he had a hard time with his feet, sure, his nails, sure. you know, and uh, I used to rub his feet, and he had some nasty feet, you know, but I... I felt that that's what I had to do. You for rub, my but dad. you rubbed him anyway. I did, and then, but I saw the like the joy that it gave him, and then my mom, and then I don't know. I just I've always kind of like you said. I've I've been uh, you know, but I'm a, I'm very sensitive with my feet. I got the orthotics. I'm picky about my shoes. And, uh, and you'll be giving a foot massage on Valentine's Day. Well, I, I know Mrs. Murata will not allow me to comment, uh, but yeah, that is uh, one of her favorites, and. Uh, um, <laughs> But yeah. All right. Next question. Moving on. Uh, Doc, general care of your feet. Like, what are certain things that you see repeatedly, like, that are causing problems for your patients? You know, whether it's shoes too small, um, you know, like, what are some general care advice? I know it's a kind of a broad question, but what are what are repeat uh, things or injuries that you see that could be prevented by blank? Well, in terms of the shoes, I think the most the most common thing I see is folks who keep their shoes too long. Sneakers, people, folks come in with sneakers that are a year old and they're falling apart and they're comfortable because they're not because they feel like slippers at that point, but they're really not supporting the foot. And it's amazing that if you just change a shoe or a sneaker from an old shoe or old sneaker to a new shoe or new sneaker, it's amazing. Some just the support alone can cure cure problems. It can be as simple as that. For some conditions, Doc, I see some of these people wearing those like slip-on, like glove shoes, like Crocs. yeah, they're not Crocs. They got like they're, yeah, they're like gloves for your toes. Yeah, and, minimalist shoes. Yeah, what, what's up with that? You know, I'm not a big fan of those. I know those were all a rage for a time. I don't know if they still are, but they uh, they they don't really offer a lot of support. Yeah, so they're not they're not great. If you're doing athletics or running with them on the street, it's you're just not having the support to protect your foot. So yeah, not a not a huge fan of those. You know, you talked about the sandals earlier in the program, and uh, I um, I like my sneakers, but when I come home, I like to take my shoes off. You know, Mrs. Murata wants the house clean too. So, but I have like hard, thick uh, New Balance um, slippers. I mean, my wife says they're ugly, but they are comfortable. What would you recommend for people to wear comfortably around the house instead of a flip-flop or a you know, slipper? Sure. What I always recommend is um, you for, for $35 or $40, you can get sport, sports memory foam slides, which are slide sandals. Adidas makes them. Nike makes them. Under Armour makes them. And, you know, there's you just slip them on. They're easy on, easy off at home. And you can wear them outside as well. You don't even have to take them off when you go outside in the spring or summer because they're outdoor sandals that you're basically wearing in the house. But with that memory foam, it gives good support. That that would be my recommendation there. Get stinky. Yeah, not, you know, not so much. Hey, throw them out. You get a new pair. <laughs> 
I got all these questions. It's amazing. Well, I always <laughs> felt, Doc, that when I went to the dentist, like, I always got to brush my teeth. I got to flow. I like... I, you know, I would never want to have like bad breath when I'm going to the dentist. Do you get sometimes like people's feet like just like do you got to get baby powder on there to say hey man? No, that's a bit. So you know, you know, a lot of people come in and they apologize and they think their feet smell because they've been at work all day, but most of the time they don't. And we, of course, we get the occasion of occasional folks that you know there's a hygiene issue there on the feet do smell, but that but surprisingly most of them don't. Most of them don't. Yeah, it's more. It's and that's more how that. I can survive in the foot business because I'm not dealing with smelly feet all day even. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doc, we are coming to the end of the program. You know, is there anything else for our listening audience? You did a, a, a great job. People, again, you know, Andrew, what the heck are you having a podiatrist on? But, Doc, uh, again, what we talked about in the beginning, the way you handled specifically my daughter, but the, your, your in-room in there um, way with the patients is to be commended. Thank you. You know, Appreciate that. But for our listener, listening audience, what, you know, what, what would you like to say? <laughs> Take care of your feet. <laughs> Take care of your feet. Oh, you know what, Doc? We did have the one question. We were going to come back did to you, it. Did you want to? Did you, you want to ask the weight question? Oh, I could do that too. But hey, listen. What? What about you know? Again, I challenged Doc. I said you got to put these in order: care, reputation, service, facilities, and knowledge. I asked him to put those in order of importance, and uh, he had a chance to think about it, and. Uh, Again, when I do this at work, we allow people to move the cards around. So I know. I these do. might be movable. But, Doc, go ahead. What would you come up with? I would say care, reputation, knowledge, service, and facilities. That's number five, the last one. And why would you pick care for the first one? I think uh, ultimately it's the care you provide that, that all the others work into making the care the best it can be. So yeah. that deserved to be number one. But all of them... They are very, very close because they're all super important. They are. And we've talked about a lot of them um, on the program here. Yeah. Yeah, yes, we did. Yes. yes, we did. Well, Doc, we do have to wrap up. I do have a quote here. And again, it's about uh, our that, that song here uh, by Alan Jackson. Uh, the quote is, be nice to people on your way up because you might meet them again on your way down. And that's by Wilson Meisner an American playwright in the early 1900s. So I know you're continuing to be on your way up, Doc, because of the way you treat people. Uh, I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. Keep trying. Good. Well, I wish you all the best. And again, you can reach out to Dr. Frankel at his business, the Frankel Foot and Ankle Center. That is all, everyone. Next week's guest is Jason Brenner, an attorney and my college roommate from Guilford College, Greensboro, North Carolina, here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Go out and change the world for the better. <laughs>